This week on Trip Weddings, wedding photographer Jamie Delane joins us to talk about her personal project, The School Sessions, and how pursuing personal projects can help feed your photography soul. Plus our picks of the week, and we answer a listener question about participating in bridal shows. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Once again, my name is Bruce Clark, and this week I'm joined by Mr. Robert Evans, and we have a very special guest, Miss Jamie Delane. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hi. Good, good. So we know we know Robert, so we'll, we'll save what Robert's been up to for a second. I want to introduce Jamie <laughs> first, and uh, for our audience who maybe isn't familiar with Jamie. So Jamie's a, a wedding photographer from Langley, B.C., and I first found uh, Jamie and started kind of following your work quite a few years ago, and I think through Melissa Jill was mm-hmm. how I first discovered you. Um, and you you started shooting weddings at a fairly young, fairly young age. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about um, who is Jamie Delane, and then we're going to get into why we have you on the show today. Okay, sounds good. Um, yeah, well, I started shooting weddings at 17 was my first wedding. I started doing portraits, family portraits, started my business at 16, and very quickly knew I wanted to move into weddings. So my first wedding was at 17. I shot that while I was still in high school in May of my last year, and then the full summer following high school, I shot 11 weddings. And since then, it's been a full-time thing for me, and I shoot between 20 and 25 a year now. I'm 24, so I just finished my sixth or seventh summer doing this. <laughs> I've lost track along the way. Shot close to 200 weddings, and yeah, I can't believe this is my full-time thing. I never really set out to do it at 17. It wasn't this huge dream. It just kind of happened for me, and I loved it more and more every day, and so that's what I do. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we're happy to have you on the show, and, and the reason we've got Jamie on today is we're going to be talking about taking on personal projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and in specifically, we're going to be talking about your recent personal project, the school sessions. So we're going to dig into that topic um, in a little while. But first, let's bring in Robert Evans and see what Robert's been up to. Robert, what's new in your world? Uh, you know, just doing the t- typical. Um, I've done a few uh, bridal fashion shoots in the last week or two, which have been fun. Um, and just kind of still enjoying my downtime come uh, March 1. My life gets crazy. I think I'm home about, you know, seven days in March and uh, between WPBI and uh, weddings and things like that. So I'm just still enjoying my kids and staying home and shooting a little bit. For for me, we're talking about personal projects. I do some of those styled shoots just for me and I've arranged some of them just for me, testing out some new cameras and lenses. And so I kind of put all that stuff together. It's just nice to shoot and not uh, have the demand of you know, someone else, so to speak. I mean, I have fun when I shoot, but it's kind of, you know, we're going to talk about personal projects, but a style shoot kind of is like a mini personal project. Yeah, for sure. Was that the the recent, I saw some ice cave shots? Yep. Was that what you were doing? That was I saw those. Yeah. Those look really awesome. We'll, uh, we'll have to maybe send me over one of those and we'll put it in the in the blog. Yeah, part. I was going to put one on the uh, Instagram too. Ooh, yes. Good stuff. And as for me, well, I've been, uh, it's, you know, it's been, been a busy week, actually. I um, just uh, finished shooting a launch event for a local uh, bridal publication. So we have a magazine here called Blush, and I just shot their launch event. And I've got, had my first two featured weddings. I have a wedding that I uh, shot part of the reception for uh, is featured in that magazine. And then we just had one of our weddings from last year published in Bridal Fantasy magazine. Awesome. Uh, so that's been an exciting week. So it's been busy with publications and shooting some events and also doing a bit of corporate portraits and 
and things like that. So that's what's been keeping my plate full the last little while. And then, of course, trip weddings. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So um, so before we get into our kind of our main discussion uh, topic today, we want to uh, do our, our regular uh, segments. And our first segment uh, is our Picks of the Week segment. And in each episode, we're going to share a photography-related item that we think would be a benefit for other wedding photographers to check out. Now, your picks can be, it can be anything, as long as it's somehow related to photography or the business of photography. So, as is customary on trip weddings, when we have a special guest, we're going to let our special guest go first. So, Jamie, what is your pick? What, what item do you have to share with our audience? Something I thought of, I love organization, and I think it's really important in business to stay on top of workflow. And I discovered a tool a couple months ago called CoSchedule, excuse me, CoSchedule, and what it is is a WordPress scheduling program, and you can also schedule tweets from there, Facebook posts to both your personal and business page. Um, I think that's actually it right now. They did have Pinterest, and they might bring it back at some point, but um, just those three. So it's really helpful for me. Like, we're leaving Sunday, actually, for three and a half weeks away, and it's so nice to be able to know I can schedule three blog posts a week. Not only can I schedule those, I can schedule a tweet to post one hour after that, and it's really, really great, and it's $10 a month, um, but they also have an awesome referral program. So... If you write a review of it on your blog, they take 50% off your year pres um, prescription. <laughs> subscription. So that would only be $5 a month. So it's definitely, definitely worth the money, I find, and I've really enjoyed using that tool. Fantastic. That's a great pick. And that, is that specifically a WordPress plugin? It is, unfortunately. I believe it only works with the WordPress blog platform. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think a lot of photographers probably have their blogs, or you know, well, vast majority are probably... On yeah, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. That's a great pick. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes. Mm. Robert, how about you? What's your pick this week? Well, my pick's going to carry over from last week because we had some technical difficulties last week, and I didn't make it to the show. Uh, and in the last week, we talked a little bit about albums, but albums apply as well to personal projects. Um, and so I wanted to uh, do a album design software that I use called Smart Albums, um, which is made by a company, uh, I don't know if I'm going to say the name right, Pixelu, it's P-I-X-E-L-L-U, and that is the website, pixelu.com. And uh, a fairly inexpensive drag-and-drop, you know, simple, easy-to-use album program where you can uh, design an album basically in probably 20 minutes or less. So even if you're doing a personal project, you know, I think those are important. I, I truly believe, you know, I've been shooting for 27 years and came from a world of albums where, you know, it wasn't if you got an album, it's you had to get an album. But um, even putting your own projects together, even, even if you're making yourself a beautiful coffee table book from a project that you've done, a travel that you've, you know, where you've traveled, if you have children, um, you know, doing that. I know I've done a few of those myself. Like, we'll go on vacation. Of course, I'm taking pictures the whole time. And then I put it to, in a little book together afterwards. And it's fun because my kids will pull it off the shelf and uh, look at it, you know, and remember the trip instead of it just being uh, digital images lost on a computer. Mm -hmm. So I like smart albums. Really easy. I think fairly inexpensive. I believe it was only a $200 program when I purchased it. Um, so that's my pick of the week. Excellent. That's a great pick. I'll have to check that out. Well, my pick of the week, it's it's a little bit similar to Jamie's, and uh, the idea behind it is, again, we're looking for ways to make better use of our time and to free up 
our schedule so that we have more time to work on personal projects. And this is an app that I just recently discovered. Um, I haven't signed up for their, their paid app yet. They do have a free version, and it's called Buffer App. And basically what it allows you to do, sort of a little bit like co-schedule, except this one's designed um, more around posting to things like Twitter and to Facebook and your, you know, your, your business page, your personal page. Um, what it allows you to do is you can uh, get any content that you can plug in there and you can then schedule it to go out. And you can have uh, you know, a post go out multiple times. So if you want it to go out to your audience you know, more than once, you can schedule it at certain times of the day. Um, it also allows you, if you if you get the paid version, it lets you um, bring in feeds. So you could subscribe to RSS feeds, say of your photography favorite photography sites or blogs, and then you can uh, handpick content from there and add it into your buffer, and then tell it when you want it to go out. It's pretty cool. Um, again, I have only started playing with it recently, so I haven't discovered you know everything that it can do, but it uh, it looks pretty powerful. The other big part of it is it has very uh, good analytics, so you can actually see you know, what kind of response you're getting to your social media campaigns. Uh, also see kind of when are you getting the best responses so you can start to, um, you know, figure out when's the best time to post and when are you getting the, you know, the best, you know, the most eyes on your content. So it looks like a pretty good app. I think it's about $100 for the year if you want to subscribe to the Pro app. And you get a few things extra with the Pro version. Like you can, you can connect it to multiple accounts, whereas with the free, I think they only allow you to connect three I think it's three accounts, so you're, you're a little bit limited with the free account. But you can, you know, check it out. It's a free version, and then uh, if you like what you see, again, it's another useful tool. Now, it won't do stuff with specifically like in your in your blog. I think CoSchedule and Jamie, correct me, I haven't used it yet, but I think you can actually schedule blog posts through. Yeah, the actual blog posts, and then so I think that would be the one advantage. But as you're saying, Bruce, I think with CoSchedule, you need to individually schedule like I want the same tweet sending out tomorrow and then copy and paste it I want it sending out next week so does buffer app let you um, say this is my tweet and just like, do you need to copy and paste the tweet multiple times or do you just say I want it tomorrow next week have you seen that um, it's been a little I have to go back and look but I think okay. you can go in and add it and then say yeah I want this to go out you know multiple times but that might be a premium feature, I can't recall, but yeah. yeah, I think it has some powerful features like that where you can say, yeah, I want this tweet to go out at 9 a.m., 1 p.m., yeah. 9 p.m. I have to look into that because, yeah, there's, it sounds like there's pros and cons to both, but yeah, co-schedule, you can see um, all your blog posts, they kind of bring up a calendar, and then you can schedule tweets based off of those blog posts, and so like one hour past the blog post. Cool. Now, are those apps, both of them, for your computer or... Phone and computer, computer for co Buffer has a, they have a bunch of things. So they have like a web um, plugins so you can get for like Chrome or Firefox or whatever browser you're using. And then you can just buffer things and it shows like a little, it'll add a buffer link. So if you see something on Facebook, for example, you can click the buffer button and then it'll pop open your buffer interface and then you can say, yeah, I want to add this posting mm -hmm. to my my uh, personal page or my business page or my Twitter, and then I want it to go out at these times at these on these days. So right. it's pretty cool. But there is also an app I think they have for iOS as well. So, so you can <laughs> check all those things out. Again, all really good um, picks and, you know, hopefully some things that can save you some time so that you can focus on personal projects. 
All right. Our next segment is our listener questions. And each week we're going to choose a listener question to answer on the show, um, which we encourage you to submit. You can email us uh, at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com, or you can also send out a tweet using the hashtag twipwed, and we'll look for those and answer your questions. So this week, our question is from Steve Vansack. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And Steve wants to know, what is your opinion of bridal shows as a marketing tool? I do them to collect information for a year-round email list to send them to my blog where they will hopefully contact me. It works only marginally to the point where I'm considering not doing them anymore. I'm not losing money, but it isn't a big part of my bookings. So I'm asking to see if there are good techniques or ideas for these shows that I can make them to make them more successful for me. So Jamie, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to throw it over to you first. Have you done bridal shows and what... Never have. So I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this. Um, I have heard from lots of people that they're kind of hit and miss. And I know there's some photographers in Vancouver in my area that repeatedly seem to do a couple a year and they must be valuable for them. I mean, they've been doing it close to 10 years. Um, but for me personally, I've always found that those marketing dollars are best spent in other ways, even if that's just client gifts, like say it costs $2,000 to be, in a bridal show, whatever it is, um, you have 20 wedding couples and you add another $100 gift onto each of their wedding package and that's something that they talk about and they'll tell their friends about and just increasing that experience for them and more likely to get those word of mouth referrals. So I don't have any specific bridal show advice. Okay. Now you're a recent bride. You are recently married. Did you go to a bridal show and plan your wedding? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I did at all. I've been to one for fun. I was not engaged, wasn't even dating just because I'm a, like a vendor, I guess. So I had a friend who was there and she's like, here, here's some free tickets. And I walked through and I wasn't even a bride and I was still overwhelmed. So I can't imagine how overwhelmed you would be if you were a bride planning your wedding, feeling those pressures and you see like eight photographers and I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the best environment for me personally. Different personalities might be different to make those kind of decisions. Awesome. Robert, how about you? Have you participated in wedding shows at any point in your career? Years. Um, but I did early on when I first started my business and when I worked for other studios, had to participate in them as a representative of that studio. The very first year I started my business, my own business was January of 94, and I did one that year. And surprisingly enough, um, it was kind of, you know, an upscale bridal show. Of course, they all say that they are, but it had some big anchor um, hotels like the Ritz Carlton and Four Seasons and things like that in Los Angeles. And I ended up probably booking eight or nine weddings from doing that show over a two to three year period. It was interesting. After like two years, I'd get someone call me like, I saw you at a bridal show. And I was like, what? I've done that for like a year. And interesting enough, it was the same one. So my advice, I think, is... If you're new in wedding photography, they can be beneficial. Um, like Jamie mentioned, they are kind of expensive. They can be a thousand to two thousand dollars for a booth, and so I as well think um, maybe if you're a little bit more established photographer, I'm going to generalize here too and say that you know a lot of the people that are shopping or the brides that are those are sort of looking for a deal and might be in the you know, 2000 to 4000 2000 to 5000 That doesn't mean you can't, you know, if you charge more than that, you won't book more than that. But in my experience and hearing photographers, I think that's generally about the range people want to be in. Um, so 
it's great, I guess, in new business to you know get your. I really like the guy saying um, that he uses it to get emails to do blog posts and drive people to his blog. That's pretty smart. Um, but uh, I think if you're a little bit more established of a photographer, again, like Jamie mentioned, you might be uh, better off to take that two thousand dollars that that booth cost you. And so she suggested gifts to your brides. I'm going to suggest that maybe you uh, take some planners and wedding vendors to lunch, breakfast, coffee, uh, whatever that is. Because I think, again, in this world, as we get more and more disconnected with Facebook and Twitter and email and texts and all those things, I truly believe that face-to-face, heart-to-heart, one-on-one communication is the best way. And we've talked about this on the show before, but business is about building relationships. And you're going to build a much better, genuine relationship by actually taking someone and sitting down with them and having a meal or a cup of coffee and having some, you know, dialogue whether you talk about it or not. So I think that's probably, in my advice, uh, you know, what you can do with the money. Awesome. Some good advice. Um, we, we haven't done bridal shows either. Um, we've, we've considered it. We've looked into it. Um, I've been to some bridal shows. I've photographed some bridal shows for vendors and things like that. And <clears throat> I think one of my piece of advice would be, you know, do your homework, do your research, um, find out, talk to other photographers or other vendors who've been at the bridal shows, kind of get what their experiences are. I know some of the feedback I've heard, like we have a couple of different bridal um, shows that happen here in Edmonton and you know, one of them, one of the complaints from the photographers in particular was that they had been promised that there would be a cap on the number of vendors of any particular type that were going to be at the show. And then when push came to shove, they just wanted to fill the booths. And so they just, they let more in, bigger in photographers. And so what ended up happening was that, you know, they went and there was like 15 photographers exhibiting out of a total of like 40 exhibitors, yeah. which you know, it, it, so you pay that money and then you're just kind of, you know, the booth next to you is a photographer and the booth across the way is a photographer. And so it can be a little bit challenging. So do your research, talk to the organizers, make sure, you know, that they're, that they've got limits on the number of the same type of vendor that are going to be at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Um, you know, invest, you know, if you're going to do it, I think you want to invest in your booth. Sometimes you can coordinate with say a wedding planner or like an event rental company um, and maybe do something in exchange. Like maybe they'll help you set up your booth or, or, you know, give you some furnishings for your booth and then exchange, you go and photograph their booth so that they can use it in their, you know, in their marketing and PR materials. So kind of look for, you know, for synergies or ways to, um, to build on that, but we haven't done them ourselves. Um, again, I've thought about it, but it just seems like every year when they come up and I get the, the, you know, the information to participate, it's either a really busy time, like in the fall, and we just don't have the time to do it. Um, or, you know, we've looked at it and just didn't feel it was a good, uh, cost effective thing for us to do. So, but we'll maybe, um, we'll maybe do a whole future show about rival shows and talk to people that have been in them and give some more tips and strategies for those that are thinking about doing bridal shows. So, mm-hmm. but some good advice I think for, uh, for Steve. All right. So that's going to, that's going to bring us into our main, uh, our main topic and our main discussion today. And what we wanted to talk about today was, was taking on personal projects. So I think, you know, a lot of us as professional photographers, we kind of spend a lot of time, you know, shooting and working for our clients and sometimes, you know, I think that can lead to a bit of burnout in some cases, or maybe if you get that feeling that you're being less creative because you're kind of shooting for them and you're creating for them as opposed to creating for yourself. And I think a lot of us probably started out 
you know, as photographers, creating for ourselves and not creating for other people. Um, so personal projects are kind of a great way, I think, to kind of spark that creativity again and, and do something that, you know, kind of moves your photography soul. So one of the reasons that I wanted to bring Jamie on today and talk to her was um, about her personal project that she's uh, taking on, and that's the school school sessions. And so, Jamie, I wanted to ask you kind of what, what brought you to this point? What what's the motivation behind the school sessions? And then we want to get into talking about what exactly the school sessions is. Right. Well, I guess the motivation behind the school sessions. I started in this business, as I mentioned, quite young at seventeen, and um, just was kind of thrown into it, being my own boss and and being responsible for my own income and working crazy hard and shooting, I don't know, upwards of close to 30 weddings, and I just go, 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 that was my life, and that was my summer, and after a couple of years of doing this, I just, I think it was a combination of feeling, like, quite overwhelmed, <laughs> just the workload, and kind of being in it alone, not having a business partner, and uh, it was just kind of all on me, and really realizing that I think in any area of our life, whether that's business, our time, or money, if we're only focusing on ourselves, we really are just going to get burnt out. I mean, we're created, I believe we're on this earth to give and to help others, and that fills us up, and as we give out, we'll be filled up. And so I just started um, kind of taking that principle and applying it to my business and wondering, like, what are some ways that I can do this with what I'm already good at, which, with what I do for, for a full-time profession and be able to give back. And so it was kind of a slow process, I would say, leading up to this big project of the school sessions. Since I kind of had this moment, maybe when I was about 20 years old, four years ago, um, I started looking for just even local nonprofits to be able to help out. So I did something on my blog where I sold um, ad space for in the blog sidebar. Uh, just for $30 a month, and people would donate directly to this nonprofit and just show me that they donated, like forward their email, and I'd give them that ad space. So for a while, that was a way to just generate like $150 a month for this local nonprofit that wouldn't have been there before and didn't cost me any money or really any time. I just put it on my blog. And then one summer, I knit scarves and sold those. I was just always looking for these small ways to be able to help. And then um, when me and my husband got married last year, Randy is very like business minded and driven and um, just has a heart for like missions and giving just like I do and so when those things came together like there has to be a bigger project that we can do and not just it's good to give ourselves obviously but really to rally photographers and people around a movement and encourage everybody to be giving together I think there's excitement in doing things together and the power in numbers of like well one person can do this and we need the one but it's really cool if we can get 500 and see the impact that that would make in knowing you're part of something bigger. So I guess that's some of the motivation. I could probably talk a lot longer. <laughs> no, that's 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 awesome. Um, so so this idea of the school the school sessions um, was something that's been you know it's been brewing for a little while. Um, tell us about the the concept itself. What is the project and sure. why why did you choose the particular like you're you're helping to build a school in Haiti? Why mm -hmm. did you kind of make that choice to to do that? Okay, well, the school sessions is a one-day event taking place across the globe, wherever you are, on Sunday, April 12th, 2015. And so the photographers are signing up online to donate one or more portrait sessions, and 100% of the session fees will go towards this project. But a lot of people ask, um, well, does it have to be April 12th? And no, it doesn't have to be. We just like the idea of doing 
everything together on one day and then excitement that that would build. But a lot of people are choosing any time in those first two weeks just due to their scheduling conflicts and still being involved. So that's the concept. It's very simple. You're doing what you already do. Um, if you're used to shooting portrait sessions, family sessions, engagement sessions, business headshots, whatever you're used to doing. And you just take that time out of your day and the client directly donates through the website. So really we're just equipping um, photographers with a way to give back and then the clients are paying for photos they would pay for already. Instead it goes to, um, goes to the school sessions and not to the photographer. And so in terms of our connection with Haiti, um, that largely is thanks to my husband. He has been there six times for various missions trips and got connected with an organization there called Hope Force. So Hope Force is based out of Nashville, Tennessee. They have two um, people living right in this village where the school is being built, Renee and Marianne. So they've been there for three years. Hope Force was on the scene right after the earthquake five years ago but has had a permanent presence there for over three years now. So Randy, on a previous trip, traveled to Haiti with this um, organization and went to this school. It's called ECA School, and that's the school that we are hoping to help um, build. Right now, it's already a school that's in session. There's about six teachers. There's 220 students aged 3 to 18. So they're doing their thing. They're running programs. They're making do with what they have. But the facility is really, really inadequate. Um, there's really no like walls to speak of. It's just plywood. Um, it's incredibly noisy. It's near like a busy street. They don't have enough space for the kids. But then the principal, um, it's a husband and wife, and they have three daughters as well who attend the school. They give their entire lives to this school and to these kids. And Randy, after meeting this couple, just had this school in his heart and on his mind. And so when we were looking for a way to give back, um, and they've been trying to raise this $200,000 for the last three years since the school was, it was destroyed in the earthquake in 2010. Then in 2012, a big tropical storm came through and destroyed what little they rebuilt. So since then, they've been trying to raise the money. And when we, we wanted to do this project, um, it's Mr. and Mrs. Laguerre is the, the name of the principals. And they came to mind right away, just as the most deserving people, the most hardworking people. And so that's our connection there. So we went in November. Um, Randy to introduce me to the school and to that couple and to the families and we were able, able to capture photo and video um, to really tell the story of the school sessions and what we're doing clearly. Awesome, yeah, and we'll put uh, a link over to that. It's a great, a great video, yeah. and again, we'll link to the to the website so people can get more information. Um, Robert, I want to I want to throw it over to you and kind of ask your what are your some of your personal projects and what are your thoughts around. Uh, doing a personal project outside of your regular, you know, wedding photography and, and portraits and things like that? Well, I definitely think doing personal pro projects uh, leads to uh, obviously other inspiration and a lot of time it leads to work within your own business. Um, mm -hmm. The personal project that I've done most recently happened to be a few years ago and I did something uh, we all kind of remember uh, trash the dress. I think it's sort of faded away. And I never really was a fan of trash the dress because I'm not too much of a contrived photographer. Um, and I had another photographer friend want to, you know, do like uh, sort of a over the top trash the dress. And her idea was she's like, let's go in May to Colorado and Tornado Alley and shoot a bride and groom in front of a tornado. <laughs> and I was like, you're not safe. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
I thought it was interesting and I was like, okay, well I could get behind something like that, but that's kind of nuts. And so fast forward, we did it. Um, we hired a storm chaser. We went to Colorado. We videotaped the whole thing. Uh, we called it Romancing the Storm. Uh, I had made some DVDs of it. Um, but regardless of all of that, it was it was just a really interesting and fun time and just to get out there and do, you know, I got some sponsors to partially fund it, but I ended up having to pay for a lot of it myself and finishing it uh, as far as the DVD and all that stuff went. Um, but... I mean, some of the images that I got from it, especially there's one in particular, I have a lightning image of a bride and groom in a field during a lightning storm, and the lightning's like horizontal across the sky, and the sky's purple, and people see it and they think, oh, that was Photoshop, but it's not. Um, and I get a lot of usage from that image, and <clears throat> I've had uh, it run on different blogs, and I've had, even the Weather Channel asked me if they could use it, Now I have yet to see where it is on the Weather Channel, but they did call and, and ask to use it. Um, but, I mean, I think what came out of that was just, you know, there were some trying moments. I mean, we were with, you know, I had a couple. I ended up, we basically ran a contest on Wedding Channel. I got a couple and then I agreed if they did that, then I would shoot their wedding for free, and which I ended up having to do later, which cost me money as well. I mean, so it was something that cost me money to do, but I really got a lot out of it and really enjoyed the actual aspect of doing something like that. Um, it's just, I think, getting out of your comfort zones and, and doing something that is not what we do, even though it was wedding-related. It's not something that we do every day. I would actually love to go back and do it again with a little bit more of a budget. And and uh, we did get one image. I did get one image of a tornado in the background, but it was a cold cell tornado, which is a smaller tornado, a less threatening tornado. So it's there, and I can say that I got the image, but I, I really want that, you know, big, scary <laughs> tornado off in the background. Um, I think we've seen some of those this last year where a photographer caught one of those, and those were buzzing around the Internet um, for a little bit. Yeah, um, there was one, I think there, were a forest, there was a forest fire. I think. Yeah, there was that one, and then... Josh that, Newton did that one, I think. Yeah. Somebody ran a blog post where they ran my lightning image in that, too. So they ran that picture. They ran the forest fire. They ran a tornado picture. Um, but, I, again, it was, I think, out of personal projects. You know, you have to really, like, listen to your heart and do something that your heart wants to do. Um, you know, I always say to photographers sometimes when I teach them, do you shoot what you want or do you shoot what you get? And most of the time, especially wedding photographers, you know, shoot what they get because – they don't necessarily know how to make the wedding day timeline work for them is one of the things that I like to teach other photographers. But it also applies to this because I think most of the time we're not necessarily shooting what we want at weddings. We're just shooting with what we get at the time that we're given. Um, and so the same thing, like you want to go out and do something. Like like I mentioned, some of these projects I've been doing, these fashion shoots this last couple of weeks, the ice shoot, is something that I really wanted to do. So I made it happen. I put it together. So it's kind of, in a sense, a little mini personal project. I was really doing it to test out some new Sony cameras and um, some Zeiss lenses that Zeiss had given me to shoot. But at the same time, then we're going to take those images. You know, we'll get some sort of blog post or you know out of them. Get them on a blog, whether it's Style Me Pretty or whoever. Uh, we'll shop them around and. It really helped the designers of the five dresses that we got. We're super excited, and they're going to use them for some of their promotional tours. So it goes a long way. 
And the other great thing is you you get to meet other people, whether it be vendors, if you're doing a style or bridal shoot, um, and you can network with them, or if it's something completely different. But I think it's definitely important to get out there and just do something that sort of fulfills your own creativity because it will refresh it'll refresh your excitement for photography and you can get through one more season. Yeah. I want to ask, I want to ask Jamie kind of going back to the, the, the concept and the idea of the school sessions. Um, so do you think like, what, what are some of the personal satisfaction things that you'll get out of doing this? Is it the actual photography you're going to be doing or is it the seeing all the other photographers kind of coming together? Is that what's kind of inspiring you and motivating you and, and, yeah, I think so. I mean, because in terms of the actual photography part of the school session is not necessarily a personal project because it could just be another engagement session, another family session that um, I would say the whole thing in a whole is my personal project. And um, I think what's inspiring me is definitely seeing all these photographers coming together as one. And then also, of course, picturing the school being built and um, how happy that'll make those kids and the ability they'll have to learn in a concentrated environment and how value that'll make them feel, I think is a huge motivating factor too. So how do you see these types of, these personal projects, um, do they do they find their way into your wedding work? Like do you find, do you see a difference when you do some of these things in how you maybe approach the couple or how you approach the day or just in general? Does it, in, like how, what, how does it influence you? How does taking time for personal projects? You know? Yeah. How does it does it translate into like? Do you feel after you've taken on a personal project like this that you're kind of does it re-energize you and does it change kind of how you approach even working with couples or you know things like that? Yeah, I would say for sure because I mean I am a wedding photographer. That is the majority of what I do every year, and I think it's really neat because that is that's my industry, that's my platform, and so to be able to do something with that platform is really cool, and it is something that I can blog about, I can share on my website. Wedding couples, they see it, they're behind me, they're donating money, so I think the two definitely overlap. Awesome. How about you, Robert? Have you found that personal projects and things like that have kind of, you know, gotten into your work and, and changed how you shoot or how you approach things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I think the most valuable thing is that sort of it really refreshes your creativity and your inspiration. Um, I think by doing them a lot of time, it also helps in the networking process because it depends on what you're doing as far as your project. But then um, you're inspiring other people. Um, I think it does create sometimes other work because you're doing something, especially if it's something unique and different, and you're sort of like, oh, this is my vision and my idea, and you go out and do it, and then I think it begets other work uh, because people take notice because you are doing something different. You're not out there uh, putting up the same images that you know everybody's putting up on the Internet, so you stand out a little bit instead of blending in. Awesome. Um, so I wanted, Jamie, I wanted to ask you just a little bit more in some of the, specific, the specifics of the school sessions. Um, so how does it work in terms of do photographers just go on the site and sign up? And then how does it work as far as like booking a session and things like that? Okay, totally. So we have a section on our website called Get Involved at the top in the navigation. And so you can click I'm a photographer. What we do is we have photographers create a profile. So you put down your name, your website, your location, and upload a bio photo. As soon as you do that, you're on our website. And all the photographers there are listed. So far, last I checked this morning, we had over 250. Just hit that 250 mark, which is awesome. Nice. And so from there, there is uh, an ability. We didn't want to lose out on the audience. Say 
you hear about the school sessions, you're not a photographer, you're in Edmonton, and you're like, well, I want photos. So you can search Edmonton, and all the Edmonton photographers will come up on our website, and you click their picture, and they go to just a little profile, and there's a button called Book Session. All that does is open up your email address. And so really, um, we're asking photographers to be responsible for booking their own sessions and promoting on in social media and getting their own clients. And then from there, the clients donate right through the website. So it goes right towards the organization. And then they email that like proof of, proof of payment, the email receipt to their photographer, and then consider it booked. Awesome. That sounds pretty straightforward. Now, what if they book through the photographer? Can the photographer sort of resubmit on their behalf, or do you want them to kind of, the clients to go through the site? Um, yeah. I mean, it's really up to the photographer. We really wanted to make an option for the clients that would feel more comfortable with donating directly to the cause to know that it's going right there. We have that option. But I had one photographer tell me, like, a client already booked for April, and they gave me cash. Like, what do I do? I'm like, well, that's okay. Just, like, put that cash in your bank account and donate the amount on credit card. Like we're trusting people to be generous and, and be honest with this. We're not really worried about that. So Awesome. So do does everybody have to charge the same price for their portrait session or is it just based on what they normally charge? Based that? on what they normally charge. We really wanted to make this as simple as possible and not eliminate anybody. Whether you are just starting out and you have a Canon Rebel and you're charging $100 for a portrait session, cool. We want you to like be able to get involved in honor that you want to give um, or whether you've been doing it 25 years like Robert and it would obviously charge much more than that. Cool. We're just um, being open with that. So Robert, I think what you have to do is do a session and get Marissa Meyer from Yahoo to do a, a portrait <laughs> and then boom, the school will be built, right? That'd be it. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa, this is a $10,000 portrait session. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. He just needs a couple of those. School will be built. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, well, I just I signed up today, so I'm excited to get involved. I think it's a great awesome. cause and a great sounds like a great project. And I'm always you know I'm always looking for personal projects that that I can take on that have a good cause behind them as well. I think not every personal project that you have that you do has to necessarily be you know fundraiser, um, but certainly if you can benefit society with you know with the tools that we have, all the better. Um, we've been doing yeah. another project called Help Portrait. I don't know if either of you guys have been, have heard about Help Portrait or have been involved, but Help Portrait's been around now. Um, it was started up by Jeremy Cowart um, about mm -hmm. six years ago, I think now, maybe seven. Um, and the idea behind it, it's similar. It's it's a worldwide event. Photographers all um, get involved, hopefully on the same day, at the same time, same day across the across the world. And basically, they donate their time. It's a collaboration. It's not just photographers. It's hair, makeup. Um, you know, all kinds of volunteers get involved, and then it's it's donating portrait sessions for people that otherwise couldn't afford to have a portrait session done. Um, and we've been doing it here for quite a few years, and we tend to do it in our downtown core. It attracts um, sort of lower income families, or maybe um, people that are you know in homeless shelters and things like that. And they'll come in and they'll get a photograph done, and they get the whole kind of day of pampering. So they get hair and makeup, and we usually have food and you know drinks and, and things there. And then they come in do a portrait session. Um, and then we, you know, print the photo and give them the photo at, at the session. That's kind of the intent behind it. So we're not necessarily raising money for an organization, but we're just helping people that um, maybe couldn't otherwise afford to get a, a portrait mm -hmm. or a photograph done. And it's to hear the stories of some people that come in. It's very heartwarming. Um, you know, a lot of times people haven't had a, their photograph taken professionally in, you know, years. You know, I've had I had a, a man a couple of years ago that got his photograph done, and he was going to send it to his mother for as a Christmas present, and she hadn't seen him in. 20 some odd years and he hadn't actually seen himself you know photographed 
in, in quite a while either. So he was, you know, kind of brought him to tears and it was, it can be a very emotional time, a very emotional moment. So that's a, a fun personal project that I know we try to get involved in um, every year as much as possible. This year we missed out because, because we were traveling, but um, we try to do that each year. Um, but that's, that's one of the personal projects that I've been involved in with. Have either of you guys done Hell Portrait? I've never done Hell Portrait. Um, you guys are making me feel guilty because I don't do anything. But I've done my share of. Uh, I used to work with this charity. Um, I just haven't done stuff with them for years. Called Wheels for Humanity, and uh, they basically take old and new wheelchairs and refurbish them, and then distribute them in third world countries to people who can't afford a wheelchair. Because generally, a brand new wheelchair is about two thousand uh, dollars. So I've gone on uh, the distributions with them to Costa Rica and helped out uh, in their warehouse in Los Angeles. I've uh, helped with their uh, month, their annual fundraisers by designing the ad books and things like that. And I have done that for years, and then it kind of changed uh, ownership. So uh, not ownership, but they, they sold it. So anyway, I haven't done it in a few years. But it's, it's interesting. You know, they say everything happens for a reason because I've been having that thought that, like, yeah, I really need to get back into doing something charitable and, and been wanting to do that. It's just a matter of searching out like Jamie did and finding, you know, something that was true to her heart. And so, you know, it's something that I've been looking forward to, but of course makes me think about since we're talking about it. Yeah. Jamie, what's some, what's some advice to that you would give to people if they, if they want to take on a personal project or they're looking for a personal project to take on, what are some things that they can do to find that, you know, find a project that they can, get involved with or create yeah. their... Uh, I wrote something similar on my blog, kind of not necessarily about personal projects, but about finding something that you're passionate about, like a, a certain area that you could give back with your photography. So maybe that would apply. And for me, it was really just a process of um, making a list of everything that you feel like you're good at or that you enjoy. And so you write down all, all of these different skill set things and then um, and then just kind of narrowing down, like, what am I passionate about? Am I passionate about education, about women and children, about um, babies, orphans, um, water? Um, and then finding your area, I guess, the thing that really, like, tugs in your heart, and it's like, that's what I want to concentrate on. Because there's so many different things you could do to give back. And sometimes I think that's why people, like, stop because there's too many options. I'm overwhelmed. Right. <laughs> and so I think um, choosing that one specific area and then narrowing in on a focus and just kind of brainstorming ideas, um, I think that's really the best way to go about it. And then gathering people around you and sharing that idea with them and asking them to come on board. And it really helps to have that support even. So collaborating on a personal project would be, um, I think, a really great thing. It's almost more motivating, and you, you're whether even if it's just a styled shoot or like Robert was talking about, you, you're made more accountable in the sense of like, well, I want to do this someday. If <laughs> you actually get a couple people around you who are like, we are going to do this this season, um, there's a bit of a deadline there. Yeah, that's a good point because you, you mentioned that you know a lot of what we do as photographers tends to be very solitary, right? We're kind of one one woman or one man shows in a yeah. lot of cases, right? And we spend a lot of time probably just by ourselves, either in front of the computer editing or, or whatnot. So yeah, doing those things where you get to collaborate with other people is kind of exciting too, because they bring different energy and different ideas to the project. Um, Robert, what uh, what's what's some advice you would give to people if they're thinking about taking on a personal project? In what in what aspect of advice? Um, just like well, let's talk about your style shoots, for example. What was the inspiration behind them, and how did you go about kind of pulling it all together and coordinating it? So I've done two 
well, actually, if you want to count it, three, I would say, in the last month or so. One of them uh, was um, <clears throat> sort of for a local publication magazine that I've done this before where, like, I'll go shoot for the newspaper or the magazine. Um, and, again, I just sort of I don't get paid anything to do it. And, yes, your stuff gets published in a small kind of local community magazine. Um, but it gets your name out there. But I think I do it more for the opportunity to meet and network with new people and again to just get out there and shoot something that's well sometimes a lot of it is wedding involved but that it's just not at a wedding. Um, the other two I mentioned the Ice Castle one and I just did one last week uh, were both uh, inspired or, or sort of started by me and that as I mentioned um, you know Sony has the new a7 II out um, when I was at PPA uh, or, sorry, Photo Plus in New York, uh, Zeiss approached me and wanted me to shoot some of their new Loxia lenses that are E-mount lenses for the Sony, and they wanted wedding stuff prior to WPPI, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of quiet over the holidays, and I was like, well, I'll put together some shoots for you and, you know, get you some stuff. So that's sort of how those came about. Um, I work with a, a stylist who is great. If you've never worked with a stylist before, uh, especially for like a, a styled shoot or a photo shoot, they're great because they can, you know, again, bring ideas and thoughts that you might not come up with. And the one that I work with uh, is amazing, and she, um, it's called Girl Friday, and she basically coordinates everything for me. Um, you know, she has a benefit of it too, but like hair and makeup and getting the models, and it's one of those things that like, I kind of feel like it's cheating and that I show up to the shoot and push a button and, you know, do what I do, and it's really pretty easy when I know that it's it's her really effort and ton of hours of hard work sort of behind the scenes that nobody else gets to see is why the shoot is so successful. I mean, yes, they want pretty images, and ultimately that's what you have left. Um, but uh, that's a good way to do it, you know, again, collaborating with other people like Jamie mentioned, you know, like call a florist friend or call, you know, someone regardless of, and say, hey, I want to get together and I want to do shoot. Do you have any ideas? Are there flowers? Is something that you want to promote? And, you know, make sure it's a win-win for everybody. And I usually suggest if you're going to do a styled shoot, especially in the wedding industry, it's best if you have a destination for it first or an idea of at least where you want to put it. Um, so, you know, you're going to pick a particular blog or publication, pitch the idea of, to them, see if they're interested, and then if they're interested, then you can go forward. And then they might even have vendors to hook you up with as well, um, you know, towards that outcome. But I think they're very rewarding in that, you know, you, you have a little bit more time to, to be creative. Um, I like fashion, and so, again, I do a lot more of it in the bridal industry, you know, so it's a lot of, I shoot a lot of gowns and things like that. Uh, but I enjoy that part of it, and it just, I like being thrown in a situation and saying, okay, well, you have to make this work, you know, but generally we're trying to pick great places. Um, the Ice Castles is something that I've shot one time before, and I really wanted to go back, and they're different each year they create these beautiful like ice caves, castle sculptures on maybe two acres um, in Minnesota. And so it's something that I really wanted to do and I went back and, and the, the pictures are great, you know, if I do say so myself. I was, awesome. Yeah, they look fabulous. Yeah. I'm super excited about them. It was a fun shoot. Um, you know, we got a fairly warm day here so we were lucky, I think like 35 degrees, which is still cold, but the week before when we were actually scheduled to shoot it, it was like minus five. So oh my gosh. it all kind of worked out, and um, 
it's just something I think like, you know, do it, like force yourself to do it. Like, you know, get out of your cave, pull yourself out of that hole. If you're not feeling frustrated or if you are feeling frustrated, you know, just do something, do something different. That's, that's not what you normally do. And, and I, a personal project or some sort of creative shoot like that always, I think 99% of the time, you know, if your heart's in the right place, you're gonna get other work from it. Even if that's not your main objective. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I know we get approached a lot by, you know, a lot of non nonprofit organizations and, and charity organizations, I think. And obviously what we do with photography, you know, can benefit pretty well any organization. They're going to want great imagery to help, you know, sell their organization or sell their event, um, which for a lot of them, it's a fundraising event. That's where they, you know, raise a lot of their money for their programs and things like that. So having really good photography and having a good strong visual image is going to help them, you know, some, some more tickets and things like that. So one tip that I actually had, hadn't really thought about it too much, but I was just recently at a, an events, um, luncheon, I guess it was like a networking event and they had a speaker on and she was talking about, um, what you can do sometimes for those organizations, because, you know, obviously there's a cost to us as photographers. There's going to be time involved, um, you know, potentially some labor and things like that. One of the, their suggestions was if you're going to do some work for like a nonprofit would be have them have them pay you for your work. But then you turn around and you donate that back to the charity. And so they're getting, you know, they're essentially getting the photography. It's not costing them anything, um, but you're getting the benefit of possibly a tax receipt or something like that for your business. So at least you can, you know, you get to write the expense off a little bit, which can help you because, you know, there is some, there's obviously value in your time and the work that you're doing. Um, so that's one way to approach it. Sometimes you get approached by a nonprofit or, or different organizations that want you to work for them. That's maybe one potential approach to it that you want to help them out. Uh, but you also want to be able to, to benefit a little bit as well because you're giving, you know, taking time away from your business or time away from your family to kind of help these organizations out and help them raise money and raise funds. So right. a little, a little That's a good point because I mean, over the years I've done so many things for free, you know, along those same lines, uh, you know, cause I just want to like do what I can to give back. And, uh, it definitely, you know, you see it come back to you, you know, sometimes tenfold, by doing things like that. You just have to, you know, I know there are times when, you know, people can get frustrated, like, again, somebody wants something for free and maybe we have slow cash flow that month or whatever and it's kind of frustrating. And so you do have to know when to say no. Um, but, you know, anything that you can do like that as far as a networking or opportunity to meet, especially with charity stuff, because of course when you do charity, the people that are coming to charity events are generally people who have money who are going to donate to that charity, live auction, silent auction, those type of things. Um, and so hopefully, you know, you'll get recognized uh, by someone like that who would hire you to do something in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know we've got. I know Jamie's got some things to do because she's going to be leaving on holidays soon. So she's going to be. She's busy co-scheduling all of her blog posts and <laughs> before, she, before she heads out. Yeah, exactly. on holidays. But I just wanted to kind of bring it back to the school sessions and just have her maybe give us a bit of a, a wrap up on like where where can people go? What are some of the deadlines and the dates and things? And where can people you know, find out more information? Sounds good. Well, some ways photographers can get involved would number one be signing up on our website, creating a profile. Number two, uh, we personally can't reach everyone, so we're asking everybody who does sign up, or even if you can't sign up, but just sharing on social media, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, tagging what we're doing, directing photographers towards that, posting the promo video. Uh, we definitely get an awesome response from that, just seeing kind of the um, web effect of us sharing with 
100 people and them all sharing with five people and, and that reach. Um, thirdly, could just donate straight up on the website. We also have a shop where 100% of proceeds from all the products are going towards the cause. In terms of deadline, um, we are asking that April 12th is when the majority of the sessions are shot and the money is received by. So anybody who's not available that date has emailed me and been like, can I do it? April 3rd. I'm like, yes, of course you can, of course. Um, we're just asking that April 12th is like the final deadline. Excellent. I have a question, Jamie. Um, yeah. Is it just the session fee that's donated uh, and then the photographer can sell product afterwards and make a little money or if they choose to do all of it, how does that work? We are totally leaving that open. I believe in some of our documents we have kind of um, I'd say a lot of the model in the certain part of the photography industry that we are reaching would be more you shoot this session, the digital negatives are included. But I had one photographer ask me that just yesterday and I'm like, no, as long as you as long as your clients know up front, like the $300 session fee is going towards this, and then you'll have the opportunity to buy products afterwards for me. As long as people know that, I mean, you're still giving. So we've really tried to not put any of those like hard and fast rules, um, just communicating that to the client. Good. I just wanted so photographers understood that. Yeah, totally. That's a great question. Well, I just signed up this morning, so <laughs> I'm in. Awesome. Thanks, Bruce. I always have to promote it and get some people to, to book some sessions that day. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, we'll have links to everything we talked about over on the blog post for this episode. Uh, but if you are interested, you can go to theschoolsessions.com is the website, correct? Is there a hashtag? Uh, just hashtag the school sessions. Hashtag the school sessions. Awesome. Perfect. So you can look for that on Twitter. Um, if you want to learn more about Jamie, where can we find you? Um, you can find me at jamiedelane.com. Also, jamiedelaneblog.com, and pretty much on any social media, I'm just Jamie Delane. <laughs> so you can find me easily. Awesome, fantastic. Well, hopefully, we can have you back on the show, you know, again to talk about other topics related around the world of wedding photography. Totally, yeah. It's been fun having you on the show. So, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about the school sessions. Yeah, thank you so much. Honored to be here. Yeah, and Mr. Evans, where can we find you online? Uh, just like Jamie, I pretty much uh, have my name is everything. Uh, at Robert Evans is Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my website is robertevans.com. Uh, I believe Facebook I have is uh, Robert Evans Studios, and I also have a business page that's uh, Robert Evans 101, I believe, or vice versa. Um, that's pretty much most of it. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, if you're looking for me, um, you can find me over at our website, which is momentsindigital.com, or on all the usual social networks, you'll find me as, you know, at Bruce Clark, uh, with an E at the end of Clark, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. Um, if you're looking for the show, if you head on over to thisweekinphoto.com and go to the weddings section, you'll find the blog posts for this episode and, and previous episodes. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. So we're now in the iTunes store. Woohoo! So that's exciting stuff. Um, so you can subscribe to us there. Um, mentioned earlier, if you have questions for us that uh, you'd like answered on the show, you can send us an email at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. We'll get those emails and add them into a future episode to answer. Um, we've also got an Instagram account. Um, so we're at twipwed on Instagram. So feel free to follow us over there, and we'll be posting images up on there. I posted our first photograph today. Yeah, which I is saw our logo. that. <laughs> it's, our, it's our show logo. logo. Yeah. <laughs> So we the got show the, go. 
the show goes. So we got that going. Um, and uh, also, just uh, you can, you know, on Twitter, if you use the hashtag TwipWed, you can also use that to uh, send in your questions for the show. Um, and we love to hear your feedback. So by all means, you know, get on there. Um, you know, give us your thoughts on the show, what you'd like, what you don't like, um, any potential topics you'd like us to talk about in future episodes. And with that, that brings us to another episode of Twip Weddings. So thank you for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time. Mm-hmm.